Whether you call them pomme de terre, patatas, kartoflin, ardapalin, kartoshka, bitartan, batatas, jimanaki, paroti, tudu, alu, or just good old spuds, welcome to Planet Potato. And welcome back to Planet Potato. We're delighted to be back with you after our holidays. We hope you all had decent enough times in these tricky times. We did. We got away for a bit, didn't we, Said? We did. We certainly did. Uh, Kept it local. Kept it local. We've been eating plenty of potatoes. Potato salad. And there was a bit of a heat wave. So we did think about finding... I think we tweeted about the recipe we found for potato ice cream. We didn't actually get round to making it, but there's another heat wave due here in the UK, so we may be able to try it then. And uh, we've been digging up some of our own potatoes, but I think the less said about that, the better. Tiny. Were they meant to be that small? Uh, uh, well, no, I don't think so. Uh, OK, moving on, moving on. Moving on. So, uh, yeah, and it's been a busy time in the in the potato world, and I think if we haven't had if we hadn't had uh, a covid we would be talking about the weather the weather has been quite exceptional on both sides of the atlantic all around the world heat waves lots of rain uh, not really so good for for growing potatoes so uh, a, a a varied potato crop around the world uh, america seems to have uh, too few potatoes Uh, for their needs uh, and there's too many in Europe so whether that will sort of balance it out in Mm. the next few months is going to be an interesting one. And prices? Prices uh, yeah in America okay but very low in Europe so the um, potato farmers in Europe are not particularly uh, pleased. So they're not pleased but for the consumer yeah, for the Lots consumer. Of... Yeah, no, by the consumer. And the great thing is, the consumer is, is really uh, uh, stuck with the potato and enjoyed the potato and, and, and bought more, more potatoes. So, stuck with the potato as in shown loyalty to the potato, oh, yes. not as in not nothing st- else to, yeah. No, no. And. Um, and uh, and also the restaurants reopening, oh, hopefully yeah. reopening more, so more people eating potatoes and um, chips and fries and things like that. Um, uh, so that's getting getting back to some sort of sense of normality, but not quite where it was before. So if we're not going out to newly opened restaurants to eat potatoes or cooking them at home, we can be uh, well. You can either go back to the cinema or you can watch. On yeah. your TV screens. You can watch and see or catch up with potatoes at the movies. Yes, because we've been doing a little bit of research. This yes. is our neat little segue into the topic. Uh, and so, yes, so Planet Potato this time goes to the movies. Yeah. And I think we would just have been doing some research on um, spuds in, uh, in the cinema. Because it's been a bit quiet at our end, so we haven't had a lot else yeah. to do, frankly. Uh, and there's been a bit of a chequered history with potatoes at the movies. Um, yes. Um, plenty called Hot Potato. Apparently that was a popular title for any movies about potatoes, including a 1979 Italian version called La Patata Bolente. Don't know what that's about. If we have any Italian listeners, please enlighten us. Yeah. And uh, back in 1964, there was one potato, two potato, uh, and that was a really sort of powerful civil rights um, uh, film. Uh, well worth a watch. Uh, then we've got Who Made the Potato Salad? Quite a topical title because in the summer months we've been making a lot of potato salads using um, 
pink fur. They're good, aren't they? Sense. Yeah, they're they a good one. Waxy. I think the salad was probably probably better than the film. Oh yeah. Um, there's one called uh, gamya, which is uh, Korean for potato, and that was so good. They made it twice, 1967 and 1987. Well, maybe that's one to check out. Yeah. Was, was Parasite Korean? It was, wasn't it? Set in Korea, certainly. Yeah, Parasite, but only not many potatoes in, in Parasite. Parasite no, Oscar-winning one. But there is a you know link there with Korea, isn't there? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, the theme of the potato in adversity, often celebrated in the movies where people have to cope with all sorts of things. In Empire of the Sun, a thirteen-year-old prisoner of war, I think, was played by Christian Bale. He wasn't was, it? yeah. Yeah. Um, people will do anything for a potato, he says. Yeah, and then um, more recently there was the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society, uh, a film. Uh, peel Pie. Peel Pie, uh, yeah, sorry, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Based on the book. Based on a book. Very and, popular book club choice, can I just say? And and that was about a tale of uh, resisting the Nazi occupation in the Channel Islands in World War Two. In Lord of the Rings, uh, Hobbit Samwise Ganji extols the virtues of potatoes to Gollum, saying, Potatoes, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Oh, it sounds a bit like uh, us. That's kind of yeah. what we like to say. Uh, yeah, there's the South African, uh, there was a religious pick called uh, Faith Like Potatoes. Can I just say, I'm feeling a slight fraud here because we're talking about these films. Have we actually seen any of them? Uh, no. Well, no. So I, see, we, I think we've seen some of these. Have I've we? seen, yeah. No, one of them. see, maybe go and see Literary yeah, Potato. Yeah, Empire of the Sun. Um, yeah. But, but there's one, hang on, where's the biggie that we're thinking, oh yeah, this is a good one to see, a recent one? Well, the uh, the most, probably, um, one of the biggest uh, potato films of all time, I should reckon, is The Martian from 2015. Uh, and that was Matt Damon. And that is uh, set in the future. Well, sort of 2035. So not that far in the future. And Matt has been blasted off to with some mates um, um, to, to Mars. And he's the only one who survives an accident. And uh, But he's waiting to be rescued. And of course, he needs to feed himself. So what has he got in his spaceship? He's got a few uh, potatoes and he grows his potatoes. Did you say 2015, that film? I thought it was, it was more 20, recent Yeah, than no, that. it came in 2015. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, set in 2035. But it's um, almost fact-based, that, isn't it? Well, yeah, based because the potato was the first vegetable to go into space in 1995 mm. uh, when NASA sent them up in a space shuttle um, along with the um, University of Wisconsin, I think. And, uh, yeah, so, so yeah. So and it grew? It grew, it grew. Do you yeah. think it did better than your potatoes I'm sure it garden? did better than uh, my potatoes in the, in the vacuum of our garden. Mm. Um, I think it, uh, it probably did an awful lot better. Uh, and then, yeah, the film that really should be avoided at all costs, The Sex Lives of the Potato Men, uh, anything but classic from 2004. Did have a good cast, though, yeah, didn't it? it? Did, I don't yeah. think we should name-check the actors, because no, it's really it's not, fair not fair on, on them. them. Uh, what did the Times of London say? It called it one of the mo- oh, two most nauseous films of all time. I don't know what the other one was. OK, so that's one <laughs> of the most nauseous films, yeah. What was the other one? And, uh, yeah, and then Rotten Tomato, that gave it a rare 0% rating. So we reckon on the much more important Rotten Potatoes uh, rating, uh, that certainly got a thumbs down. So avoid that one. That's the sex lives of the potato men. Any other potato films of the future that we've been yeah, thinking about? What do, you, what do you think? Well, we've been having a think. What did you think? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, King Edward Scissorhands. King, King Edward Scissorhands. Uh, get it? Get it? 
the Jersey Boys or the Jersey Potato Boys. Okay. Uh, the man who broke the Burt Bank at Monte Carlo. That's a bit of a niche potato variety, but hey ho. It's not the niche potatoes are the, probably the most widely grown potato variety in the whole of America. So it's not a niche. Sorry. Do we, get it in the, do we get it in the UK? Oh, yeah, Russet Burbank. Oh, of course, Burbank. we talked about Russet Burbank. Yeah. Oh, he sounds like a romantic novelist. Well, he sounds like a film star himself. Yeah, that was it. That's Russet what we said, Burbank. yes. Uh, and of course, we couldn't forget. Oh, the film of the, the TV show. Yes, Mash. Yes. Okay. Ah, there you go. If you've got some much better suggestions, then let us know. Potato-related uh, film films. titles, and uh, you can let us know by going on our uh, Twitter at Pl- Planet Potato Pod, or you can uh, email us at info at World Potato Markets. Right. So when it comes to potatoes, really, there's only one star of both the screen and the playroom. Uh, and you've been learning more about him and uh, his co-star, haven't you, Anna? Yes, uh, it had to be done, didn't it? We had to look into the history, um, the stardom that is Mr. Potato Head. So I was really fortunate to get to speak to Chris Bench, who is um, chief curator at the Strong National Museum of Play in Rochester, New York. Fantastic interviewee. So, yeah, he told us all about the history of Mr Potato Head and his enduring appeal. Mr Potato Head was something that wasn't going to be a purchase toy at all. Mr Potato Head was going to be parts that you got in the bottom of your cereal box. So at the bottom of the cornflakes was going to be a little packet with eyes, nose, mouth, all the iconic accessories, and you would have to bring your own fruit or vegetable to the deal. The folks at Hassenfeld Brothers, we know them better by their contracted name Hasbro, got wind of that idea, saw it, said this is way too good to give away free as a premium and cereal, we're going to make it into a product. And what year was this we're talking about? The toy was invented in 1948, and it actually reached market from Hasbro, Hassenfeld Brothers, in 1952. And it was always designed for a potato, was it? It was never going to be Mr. Carrot or... Well, that was a big debate because in the U.S. as well as in the U.K., this is just after World War II when there was food rationing and shortages and the thought of playing with your food in a way that damaged it and made it inedible was a problem. People were unsure how that would go over. So we are friends here at the Strong Museum with Alan Hassenfeld, one of the heirs to the Hassenfeld family, and he told that they were having a debate of what kind of fruit or vegetable. And they thought about oranges, they thought about apples, then they set on potatoes, which had the benefit of being pretty cheap overall, available year-round, they weren't seasonal, so it wound up being Mr. Potato Head rather than Mr. Bell Pepper or Cucumber, who have it. And also, I guess, going back to that thing of being able to use the food afterwards, you can pull the bits out of a potato, really, and still use it, providing the child hasn't become too attached. 
Well, the problem is, as far as I'm concerned, I'm a cook and I turn out some good things, some not so great things, but there is nothing as foul in my kitchen as the potato that's escaped over the back of the bin and has gone all festery and stinky and absolutely gross. And since you were actually using an actual potato in those early days, puncturing it, I think pretty soon on parents were finding rotting potatoes in their kids' underwear drawer, under the bed, and it was only a few years before Mr. Potato Head started coming with a plastic potato rather than requiring a real vegetable. So that was early 50s then? That was early 50s and the replacement of the plastic was by the mid-50s. And what about the family? How's the family developed for Mr. Potato Head? You know, Mrs. Potato Head was first on, and then there was the, if you've got a couple, you're going to have some kids. So then came Spud and Yam along as the years went by. Um, the whole family has morphed as time has gone by, as choking hazards have become an issue. Mr. Potato Head and all his parts got way bigger so that it wasn't a hazard to the smallest kids. And Mr. Potato Head originally came with a pipe. And I think it was in 1987, as part of the Great American Smokeout, when various celebrities were giving up their smoking materials, Mr. Potato Head gave up his pipe. Good old Mr. Potato Head. He, he, he keeps on the right side of healthy, huh? He does. Um, and what do you think then, in terms of the enduring appeal of Mr. Potato Head, has it always been fairly consistent since he first came onto the scene, or have there been various things that have given a boost to his popularity? Certainly the introduction of the Toy Story series of movies in 1995, where he has the voice of Don Rickles, really sent Mr. Potato Head into the stratus. Don Rickles, who sadly recently died. That's right. So we can treasure him in our hearts, and every time we're with Mr. Potato Head, we feel close to Don. I love that classic line from Toy Story about, I packed your angry eyes. That's the one, <laughs> I, yeah. I love that one too. And he has gone through other incarnations. So as Star Wars became such a phenomenon, he turned into Darth Tater with his cape and all sorts, his lightsaber. So he has gotten around. He's taken a variety of different dimensions as the years have gone by. And we have dozens of Mr. Potato Head versions. There's Halloween versions where he's got a mask. There's uh, all he sorts is, of collectibles then, basically. That's right. Brand extensions. Everybody wants to extend their brand in new ways. And Mr. Potato Head has had that. And I think he's got great play value is what has kept him popular over the years. Because other than those Toy Story movies, he doesn't come with a backstory. He's not a character out of a film. He can be whoever you want. And you can change him up with those different appendages, different angry eyes or happy eyes or smiling mouth or frowning or buck teeth. Uh, so he can take on so many different dimensions. He's posable. I think that's what keeps him enduring. He also has that quality of one generation passes him on to the next. So parents keep saying, oh, I had a Mr. Potato Head. My kids should have one too. 
And you said um, that Mr. Potato Head is one of your favourite toys. Is it that, is it the fact that it's so much about what the child brings to the toy that makes you love him? Lack of that backstory. It is. And I also love that he escaped out of the cereal box to become a real live toy rather than just a quick giveaway that you play with once and forget about. So he's become a treasure. That's why he's in the Strong Museum's National Toy Hall of Fame with the other elite of the toy and game world. So he is in the, the upper levels of the highest firmament of toydom. Thank you there to Chris. That was absolutely fascinating. Uh, and what greater accolade to be in the uh, Toy Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know. I mean, Chris, a total fan there and saying that in the Strong's Hall of Fame, you've got the sort of toys you can't imagine children growing up without experiencing. Um, Monopoly for the older ones, the teddy bears, hula hoops, and there's Mr. Potato Head in his well-deserved place among them all so great stuff and we've heard in the past about uh, potato plastic made from uh, potato starch so i suppose in the future we could see a mr potato head actually made out of potato starch yeah that would be a great um alternative to what we've got now wouldn't it and of course they can't go back to the original potato because having to press in the little bits you know you need a hard sharp edge on the back of say a nose or whatever to get into a potato and you just couldn't do that now, so they won't be returning to the original potatoes. But yeah, uh, plastic, potato plastic starch would be a very good alternative. Yeah. I think it's time to, to catch up on some of the uh, past episodes. What things we've looked at in past episodes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, we have the winner of the International Potato Photographer of the Year. Oh, yes, because we spoke to um, wonderful Benedict Brain, who was the appropriately enough brain behind the competition. Um, loads of entries, raised thousands for the Trussell Trust food banks in the UK. And the winner, drum roll. The End of Lockdown by Ray Spence. And that was a picture of a sprouted potato waiting for its first post-lockdown haircut. It's very funny. Have a look. Um, we'll tweet it again. Um, and the images are out there. They got really good coverage in the Guardian newspaper in the UK. So Google that and have a look at the other entries. Really good stuff. So that was that was a very happy conclusion to that competition. And let's hope it runs next year and gets bigger and better year after year. Uh, and then there's Molly Marne. Oh yes, Molly, um, we touched on, Molly was going to do a um, uh, charity initiative. She was our last guest speaking so passionately and articulately about the joys of uh, block printing with the potato. So now she's launched an auction. She's got a whole load of artists to donate their own potato prints um, and they're going to be auctioned off to raise money for the uh, wonderful Charleston which is a house down in Sussex, in fact, near us in the UK, um, home of the Bloomsbury set writers and artists. So uh, certainly worthy of support. And the uh, prints, I suppose, I'm sure will be fantastic. You can see them at um, www.thegreatpotatoprintingsociety.com. You can see them and bid for them. And in fact, by the time you hear this, the auction will probably be underway. It starts on September the 14th uh, and finishes on September the 23rd. And then over to our very first interviewee. So something yeah. extremely special to us. And that was Professor Rebecca Earle. Of Warwick University. Of Warwick University. And she uh, has published her book 
Feeding the People, The Politics of the Potato. Yeah, another book. Another on. book she's she's gotten. So hopefully we'll be um, speaking to Rebecca in a future episode uh, to learn more about the history of the potato. So now I think it's that time. It's that time. It's time to just take it all down, down, down. Down under, in fact. Time to relax, kick back and listen to the H's and I's of the potato world, courtesy of Bridget Ryan from Melbourne, Australia. Habibi, Hansa, Harlequin, Harmony, Harry, Hedonira, Hella, Heraclay, Hermans Blauer, Hermes, Highland Burgundy Red, Holtgasterblau, Home Guard, Horizon, Huayro, Imagine, Emila, Inca Bella, Inca Dawn, Inca Rosa, Industry, Infinity, Innovator, International Kidney, Irish Cobbler, Irish Lumper, Irish White, Isle of Jura, Ivory Russet. Thank you to Bridget for the H&Is of potato variety names. She even managed to make international kidney and Irish lumper sound romantic. Mm, great to be back with our potato pals, isn't it, Seds? It is, and any of our potato pals out there want to get in touch, uh, any comments, questions, or if you've got suggestions for film names oh, yeah. for, for potato films, that would be great. And you can do that by Twitter, and our Twitter is at Planet potato pod uh, and our email is info at worldpotatomarkets.com info at worldpotatomarkets.com until the next time then all that remains to be said is whether you're boiling mashing baking roasting or frying lash par la patate lash par la patate don't let go of the potato, potato.